Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Once again, we are back in a Circle Sports Talk radio show. We coming to you from our private location. We ain't been out here in a while enjoying your Memorial Day. I got my host with the most, GD Fitz, my man Kelvin K here as well. What's up? Glad to be back. Memorial, Glad to be back. Memorial Day. We seem to always hit these holidays up during these shows, right? <laughs> hey, man, we got to celebrate big. Yeah, always got to celebrate bread. What, did you eat today? You know I did, man. man. Memorial Day weekend. You know, we just don't get down on the holiday. Right. We, we get that all the time. We start on Friday. Yeah. We, we go in for basically the whole entire week. That's how we do. Everybody enjoy. I hope everybody got a three-day weekend. I know everybody doesn't get the three-day weekend. I got it this time around. Look, I just had to leave a barbecue early. Uh-huh. Just I mean, to come do this. Man, I'm, yeah, just, just to come do this. Right? I'm like five ribs deep, four beers. Man. up. I've been I've I'm been drinking shape. Amsterdam all day, <laughs> and, and it's crazy because it's Sunday. So you know me, I'm always in the house early in the morning. And then I said, "Well, I got got my praise. I'm good. Now I'm about to go handle some other praise for some food, <laughs> some drinks." So I've, I've been all right today, uh, man. It's yeah, been a good man. day. Oh yeah, good day. About to get better, man. So, yeah, it's going to obviously get better when you do the Inner Circle Sports Talk Radio Show. You know, up here on Perspicuous Media. Like I said, we've been gone for a minute, but we back with the jump off. You know, we're about about to. We got a lot to talk about. We got the Deflate Gate. We ain't never hit on. We got the contracts. New people getting new deals. We got the young stars in baseball. Big UFC pay per view last night with new champs, and then the NBA. You know. What's going on in the NBA? We got the playoffs, man. That's what my man Jim Moore used to always scream out. Playoffs? Yeah, playoff time, man. Hey, we talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of debate back and forth. But who's standing in the West? Who's standing in the East? Top the two top teams. two seeds. You don't play 82 games. And, you know, people overthink the room sometimes about where these teams are going to wind up and what they're going to mm-hmm. do in the playoffs. But, um. But that's, that's, that's what happens. You know what I'm saying? They they always come through. You know, that was the bell right there for what we get ready to roll into. What's the Carver Spiders? You heard how we do here on the Inner Circle Sports Talk. Game three last night, the Warriors came out big time with a big time win, 115 to 80. Steph Curry showed everybody why he is the MVP, dropping 40 points, 12 and 19 from the field, five rebounds, seven assists. I couldn't believe my eyes that James Harden really didn't show up last night. Is that debate over with about who's the MVP? Who's the true MVP? <laughs> I mean, I think Steph pretty much showed you last night. Now, don't get me wrong. Harden did. I mean, they couldn't stop him in game two. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 30-plus. Uh, he might. He basically had triple-double numbers. He put up LeBron numbers almost. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Game one, game two, he damn near put up a triple-double in both games. And – 
Now, I'm going to go into something else real quick before we go deep into game three, the clutch factor. You know how we always okay. knock on LeBron and say, well, he don't show up with his clutch. Harden was killing. He had the chance to basically steal game two, and he decided to, to defer the pass to Dwight Howard to try to get it right back, turn right. the ball over. Right. Nobody really, like, chimed in on that point. But to watch Harden in game three, we talking about a choke. This reminds me right now, what Harden did in game three reminds me so much of that year when they went to the finals with Oklahoma City and he didn't show mm, up. Yeah, you know, he didn't show it's up. It's like this guy did not show up for that one, and now it's like, okay, he hasn't shown up as the number one guy. <sighs> That's a little bit overstated, don't you think, though? I mean, the guy was – it was a debate, running debate all year, plus in the playoffs about who was the MVP between Steph – and James Harden. Right. And because a guy blows it on the last play of the game, okay, now it's clear who the real MVP was. Now, granted, I I say the Steph was the MVP. I think he's showing because mm-hmm. of his outstanding play this uh, playoff series. But we get so caught up in the last play of the game sometimes that we forget the, you, you know, if a team is down 20 in the fourth quarter and a guy leads him all the way back in a big game. Right. But he – you know, he turns the ball over the last play. Oh, well, he's not clutch. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he wasn't clutch when he scored, you know, 15 straight points in the beginning of the fourth quarter and, you know, in an elimination game. So, big shots. I mean, pressure bust pipes. Mm-hmm. We all know that. We all know that the big, biggest stars come through in the biggest moments. But, I mean, the way some, some of the conversations I have about – clutch and that clutch factor i guess robert Orr is the best basketball player of all time well, well yeah because he was clutch i got my man jb supreme in the building what's good baby what up what up i what ain't up? seen my man in a couple of weeks out of way but uh, he's getting suntanned out there on vacation at the <laughs> beaches or something like that i don't know but we over here talking about the the warriors and the rockets and that blowout last night but harden man i think he choked i, I really do I, I think he's showing everybody he's a great basketball player but he's not a great when I say great, you know that elite great. When you can go up there, that's but he's still young. That's ridiculous. So, what was he? Was he great in games one and two? He put up great stats, but they didn't win the game. So a- Anthony Davis is no good then. Hey, he's a young guy. He's okay, never going. Gonna... That's what I just said though. I said he's good. He's great. He's young, but he's not elite great yet. But you know, we a lot of people thought this should have been a co MVP, myself included. I thought it should have been a co MVP, but he's getting outplayed well, right now. I wouldn't have MVP. I wouldn't have had a problem with it, but that all depends on how the vote goes. Yeah. I mean you got a, people that vote. So if the vote falls out that it should have been a co MVP, yeah, then but, but when you when you look at that record and you say go to state, that's probably nine tens why. And then he's basically playing with that chip on his shoulder. I watched Steph Curry last night box out Dwight Howard at one point in the game. Wow. And and, and that's why we laugh at this, because I'm like, he's the MVP. But he blocked him out and got a big-time rebound and almost got the and one on the rebound. It was a great play. It was a great play. It was a great play. I mean, play. not saying that little guys can't do that, but you shouldn't be doing – you shouldn't be letting a six-foot-one dude, and that's what mm-hmm. they got him listed as. You shouldn't mm-hmm. let a six-foot-one dude and you six-foot-eleven getting muscled under the goal. <laughs> he probably didn't realize what was happening. He probably thought it was a mosquito on his knee or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was just, I was just in awe of that game. And, and like you said, Harden's been basically averaging a triple-double Last night, he was a shell of himself, 17 points, three rebounds, four assists. But at the same time, the whole entire team was a shell of themselves. That's exactly what I was about to say. Now, who else Who else came to play last night? No, the, the only one that showed up a little bit was Dwight. 14 and 14, they his normal numbers. I mean, early in the game, he looked like Dwight from Orlando rising up, dunking on three people, coming straight down the lane. But I don't know what happened after the uh, second quarter. I mean, complete shells of themselves. 
They got smoked at home, embarrassment, 115-88. That's not good, game three in the Western Conference Finals. No, I, I, no. I'm just saying. But are we really surprised at, at, at this result? I am. I'm not. I, I am. I, I thought they were going to. I thought the Rockets were going to get beat handily. I mean, I'm You're I, crazy. I, I didn't think it was going to be 30 points. Now, Jay, Jay, did you yeah. really think that Dwight Howard and, and Harden, two of the top dudes in the league, was going to allow Golden State to basically run rough shot on them? Yeah, that was that was completely yeah, surprising. No, no, no. I mean, I was I was oh, surprised okay. too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm totally shocked. I because the number one player in the league is Curry. The number two player is Harden. They haven't mm-hmm. been healthy all year. And then his mm-hmm. second best guy comes back, and they've been doing some work in the playoffs. They beat the yeah. team you thought, Kelvin, that was going to uh, go. The Clippers. They beat oh, your boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. did. They did. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not talking about the Clippers, though. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors and the MVP of the league and the most wins in the league. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so frankly, who stopped them all year long? But but see, you baking it off of – I don't know if you're baking it off a of record or not because you said the top tier No, dude. no, I'm just talking about – I mean, I, I just I just used the stat to mm-hmm. you know, support my argument. But Forget okay, the stats. No, listen, listen. James Harden hasn't he's, – he's had a great year this year. But it was maybe it was a reason why he was coming off the bench in OKC behind Russell Westbrook and Kevin yeah, Durant. It might, it might have been. It might have been. But at the same time, the boy had, like you said, he had a great season. Yeah, yeah, I'm and, joking, man. And now he had a watching great, yeah. him do what he's doing. He's had a, a great couple of seasons in Houston now. I mean. Remember, remember, Patrick Beverly is injured. Right. And Patrick Beverly is, is, point, is, is a top three defensive point guard in NBA, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, offensively. You know, he, he leaves a little bit to be desired. But Patrick Beverly plays with energy, 100% effort every night. Right. So if you have another – they're not that same team that they were in, in earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. If you could use Patrick Beverly to chase around Steph, who's a – you know, and like I said, Beverly's a good defender. And you you have you just have more tools in the toolbox as far as defending Steph Curry. Right. So, yeah, it makes a difference. Let's not forget about, the, you know, the big injuries that they have. Well, we we talking about injuries and making adjustments. Both coaches made adjustments that you can clearly say here and there. But I did see some big adjustments last night, especially from Steve Curry, the rookie coach in Golden State. Uh, he he basically said, Clay Thompson, you're getting cooked right now by by James Harden. I got to go to another route. Put Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes on him, and you see the results. Yeah, he was and, having a hard time, and, and maybe that maybe it's just that. And, and maybe height. that maybe that would have you know what was needed. But Clay Thompson has been a shell of himself in this series, and then he said, "Well, let's make a move that can actually help out the team as a whole." And now you see the results a rump, basically a, a beatdown. Yeah, in, in Game Three. Uh, that might have been the biggest adjustment out of any. Out of any. I mean, series. I, I think it's the biggest adjustment. And then Kevin McHale, not saying he's not a good coach. He's done a lot of good work, but he made no adjustments. I, I, the thing I did see that Houston was doing in game one and game two, they went big and they were actually beating Golden State because Golden State really doesn't have any answers for a big lineup. And when you have a stretch four like Josh Smith, who's been inconsistent this series but had been playing very well going into this series, when they went big, Houston actually were doing some big things. Remember, game one, they got out to a 16-point lead until Golden State decided to say, let's try to outrun this team. But to make to basically make no adjustments and say, all right, we're going to stick with what we've been doing and it basically backfire, you give up 35-point loss at home 
when you had a, basically only lost by four and by one, respectively, in the toughest building in the NBA, I, I don't know what Kevin McHale did last night. It's like he gave away that game. I'm not going to say that. Steph was on fire. Absolutely on fire last night mm-hmm. in, that, in that game. And we go, sometimes we just we just jump off the bridge sometimes, man. Now, we praised Kevin McHale when he left James Harden out. Right. And the Rockets had a, a historic <laughs> comeback in order to beat the Golden State Warriors. Funny. And then in the very well, next we, game, we're going to kill him. Uh, it <laughs> was mean, all good just a week ago. My oh, yeah, you know, yeah. You know what Jigga said. It was all good just a week ago. Yeah. You know, so that was a week ago. You just said it too about the clip. That was a week ago. He should have made another adjustment. That's why he get paid big bucks. Well, are you right about that? I mean, when you're the coach, but sometimes everything, all the adjustments don't work. Jay, let me ask you this. Do you think Houston, if they want to win, should they go through Dwight Howell or should they just keep it the same and keep going through hard? I think they should keep it the same because uh, Dwight Howard, he's he's inconsistent in the playoffs uh-huh. and he's just he's he's not really a leader to me. Well, he needs I, to be led. I I think so too. I yeah. mean, let's look at mm-hmm. let's look at '09 when they went with Orlando. Mm-hmm. That team, who was the leader for real? That was basically the point guard, the guy that was directing yeah. traffic. It was Turkaloo. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was Turkaloo. Old it, Turk. Old Turk was up there running it because old remember Jameer was out. Yeah, and they basically said, "Look, Turk, you run it. We'll come back." Because they had a lot of comebacks in that playoff series, but the White was the the guy that everybody looked at. But we all knew who the guy really was. It was Turk for that team that had went over the next uh the next level to take them to the finals, even though Dwight was a big clog. But the, he was more than that. Oh yeah, and that's he what I'm saying. More than that. He was a big clog because he played great defense because he always he's always been great on the defensive side of yeah, the Yeah, but let's not make it seem like Turk was averaging thirty points a game that year. Turk and Rashad Lewis was lighting it up that year. Yeah, but neither one of them probably was averaging twenty points a game. They was they was killing that year though. I mean, I'm, I don't yeah, they know were killing, for sure. Turkaloo, they were Turkaloo made a lot of timely jump shots in big moments mm-hmm. down the stretch. Now, just by virtue of his position, Dwight Howard, can't, you can't get the ball to Dwight Howard on, on at the elbow and, and tell him to go to work. Mm-hmm. You got to get him the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just. Um, but do you I'm think? Do you think say, they should really go through the white? Like try to just say, look, let's just dump it in. I mean, we've seen a lot of centers over the the, the eras to get the ball and they dominate. No, because they've been the number two seed in the Western Conference doing it this way. Okay. So what are you going to change for? You're not going to get better results than this. You might want to change when you're down three uh, zero. But okay, <laughs> in but the West Conference. Yeah, but they but they're down to the best team in basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's not act like they're playing. You know, the, some bums here. Uh, an eight seed or, or, or like a six or seven seed, they're playing the best team in basketball, yeah. and they're getting dealt with. So now we, because, we're playing the, because we're losing to the best team in basketball, we're just going to mm-hmm. throw away our whole game plan and try something new. It's worked all year. You know, stick with it. All right, well, staying with best teams. Now, hold on real quick, though. I mean, mm-hmm. they are, like you said, they are down 3-0. Right. So you got to do something. Look, yeah, I mean, you got to do something at this point. But I just mean as far as, you know, when you're getting into this series, you don't want to change up what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Based off of who your who your opponent is, in my opinion, if you've been if you've been successful all year long playing this way, because you're playing because you're playing this opponent, that don't scrap, don't become something that you're not special at. Right. I mean, if you're if you're a special team doing this, and they are a special team, they're they're a top four team in the NBA. That's special. Mm-hmm. Don't don't start doing something else. That's overthinking the room. But when you're down three zero. You, you got to do a little I mean, something. I mean, you're looking yeah, at the like, water boy thinking you might give him a jersey or something. It's 3-1, right? No, it's 3-0. 3-0. Oh, 
Three O. You must be looking at the mall game already. You already got the premonition in your phone. <laughs> it is three O. It's three O. Now I'm gonna do say something about this franchise. We know him back from the mid nineties, Clutch City. They basically showed a little taste of Clutch City last series being down three one when we all thought they were done after they got smoked in LA twice to go down to the Clippers. They know how to come back. They know how to fight in elimination games. But I just think Golden State too strong for them, man, this year. Yeah, yeah, Golden State strong. But the the Clippers were a good team, too, though. But I can see them maybe getting a game, Mm -hmm. maybe even getting two games. Maybe. Just because they they did it last series. Right. So that might be enough confidence to say, look, all right, we've been here before. We were just here last series. Let's strap up and let's get it done. Mm -hmm. It, it might it might lead to a victory, but it's not going to lead to a series victory. Well, Calvin K calling it right here first and on the show. He said this series is basically over. Right. I mean, nobody's ever come back down in the NBA playoffs from a three zero deficit, so I don't know if they uh they will come back in this uh, case. But let me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you this real real quick. Do you think that if Golden State gets into these NBA finals and they win it? Are they considered one of the best NBA teams of all times based off of their 66 and 16 record on the regular season and them winning with Steph Curry being the MVP? But I mean, come on, let's be real here. They're not beating LeBron. Yeah, also, you basically called it already that LeBron yeah. winning the yeah, title. Yeah, I mean, he, he he getting another ring this year. Right, we already, oh. we already passed the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. We already passed the Hawks. No, no, yeah. we, already we ain't finals, passed them man. yet. We, we, passed we the ain't Hawks. passed yeah. them yet. We got to talk about them, too. That's a but dumb don't, don't, don't sit there. Look, don't sit there and I'm get so, that I'm boy. Calling, I'm calling it how I see it, man. You I mean, front runner, come guys. On. I'm stuck on the panel, y'all. Look, Inner Circle Sports Talk. I know y'all out there. I know there's a lot of people out there that's biased. I'm stuck on the panel with nothing but LeBron fans, man. They love LeBron over here. Oh, my God. I'm just calling how I see it. Uh, that's all I'm doing. I'm calling like I yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. Call I mean, it like you see common it. Common sense. Like, the Jay, boy going to get another Jay, who, uh, who's the best player in the NBA? I, I forgot. Who, who was it? LeBron. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they, um, I'm, I know I know. Curry got that MVP award, but uh-huh. we all know who the, we now, all know who the real uh, MVP is. Hold on. Uh, some... What there is okay, how many um finals in a row has he gone to? Oh, I think he's man. in four. This would be five if he Yeah, yeah, yeah. This five. Be okay, I just want to be clear on a couple I, things. I, I don't I'm not knocking that. But that don't mean you're winning. Remember, you're two and two. You're right. Five. Nobody yeah, wins it every year. And, and that's you're why right. and that's you're why right. I said this might be the special year for Golden State. Now, back to my point. But what if makes- they win it, are they the, one of the top five or ten NBA teams of all time? Of course not. Of course yeah. not. That's what I'm asking. Of course no. not. I, I don't. And see, I, this conversation comes mm-hmm. from Steph's performance this year. Exactly. Okay. And we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But come on now. The Golden State Warriors this year is the, the, one of the best teams of all time. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, they're not even better than the, the Chris Mullen days. So Celtics. you think that you think that the '91 Golden State team with Tim Hardaway, yeah. and Chris Bullard, and yeah. Mitch Richmond yeah. is better than this squad? Yes, they might be. They, yeah. oh, God, I think they are. But I, I do say this: the West back then, mm. compared to the talent back then, it was a lot of Hall of Famers in that West. Three All Stars on that yeah, team. Three All Stars yeah. on that team. Yeah, that was tough. I give you that. Don Nelson was the different coach, eras, a Hall of Famer. You know, different, different era. Hall of Fame teams. coach. Coaching True. matters. You know, I say it every show. Coaching matters. Yeah, yeah culture Steve, matters. Steve Kerr just showed you that yesterday. Yeah, how good. Yeah, culture, culture matters, man. I mean, you know, you you got players, but to maximize players and sometimes to bring the players down, bad mm-hmm. coaches will bring you down. Good coaches I, will bring I you know, up. I know I'm sitting here milking Steph Curry, but he's been putting on a shoot performance. Not to mention just yesterday, he broke a 
uh, NBA playoff record by hitting the most threes in yeah. the playoffs yesterday. Yeah. He broke uh, the great Reggie Miller's record that Reggie set in 2000 when they played the Lakers and lost. You know I had to throw my plug in there about my Lakers. But uh, Steph, is he the best shooter of all times in the NBA? And mm-hmm. six years deep in the league, do you think he's the best shooter of all time in the NBA? Is that some great shooters? Is he number one? No, he you can't put him at who the better shooter. He can't get, can't get caught up on the hype, man. Who, who the better who's the better shooter than Steph? Give me really? some. Really? Yeah, I want you to really give me some. Really? Yes, really. Reggie Miller. Okay. Chris okay. Mullen. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, you know my boy Mike. You think Mike a better shooter? Yeah. Mike. Now, now this is the debate. Because a shooter, I ain't talking about just shooting threes. We just mm-hmm. talk. We talking about shooting the basketball. There you go. That's what I was about to say. What are we overall, talking about doing it all? Mm-hmm. So shooting the basketball overall, like oh, from anywhere on the court. I forgot the goat. Who would have uh, goat? Uh, Larry Bird. Uh, 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 that's that's a debate as well. I mean, it's shooter. A, it's the shooter. Yeah, it's yeah. shooters. Kelvin. Reggie Miller to me is the best shooter that I've seen. That was your boy. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's because of one thing. Clutch. Well, clutch. But like I said, I don't want to get so overblown with okay, he, he last last buzzer beaters. Mm-hmm. Okay, because mm-hmm. okay, last twelve minutes of a game mean more than the last shot to me. Right mm-hmm. now, if I if he scores, if somebody scores twenty five points in the fourth quarter, but but you know can't make a, a game winning shot, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not clutch. Right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Roger Miller, man, you knew he was shooting. You knew he was shooting. Yeah. Couldn't dribble a lick. <laughs> he sure could. Didn't have a post game. Mm-hmm. All he had was the, the jumper. The oh, face up you jumper. knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and until Steph Curry, and this is why Steph is in a conversation to me, Ray Allen tried, didn't quite work out like, you know, to the level of Steph and Reggie. He was the first guy who was a stone-cold shooter that was the number one option. Mm-hmm. You know, now Jerry West, I know back in the day, but like I said, you know, as far as guys that I, I've had a chance to see their whole career and see with my own eyes, Reggie was a stone cold killer, man, and um, it, it's more than just last minute or, or game game winning shots and buzzer beaters. Mm-hmm. You know, clutch is a lot more than that. Clutch is when you when you're down twelve, you know, with four minutes left, bang, bang, bang. He, you're willing your team back. It's not all about that. You know, yeah, last three seconds of the game. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Because clutch does matter when you're down twelve and you're trying to fight back, and they all know you're the number one guy. I'm gonna give it to you, but. The shooting performances that I've been seeing Steph do, not even just over this year, over the last two to three years, the shots he's been taking and being the the, the number one ball handler, that's why I'm like he might be up there because he's creating for the other guys. He makes some of the most remarkable shots, falling down, and then at his height, it's like he's playing the game as like a shooting guard, but at the point guard position, and it's, it's just something amazing. It's like this small-town kid, and when I say small town kid, because he went to a small school, he went to Davidson. So to see a small town kid like this come in, who had no handles coming into the league, develop the handles. He didn't have handles like that. And, and to come in the league and develop the handles and then say, my shot's going to still be there. I mean, he hitting a lot of crazy shots all over the place. And then he has the clutch factor as well. That's why I'm like, he might be one of the top five, if not the best of all time, shooting the ball. Well, if you're talking about talent, mm-hmm. then yeah. But here's the best way that I can illustrate it, my my, my, my uh, opinion on it. If Steph Curry retired after this season, is he, is he the best shooter of all time? No. Okay, case closed no. now. 
Nah, Case closed, man. Because if you're gonna say he's the, if you're gonna say right now after six years that he's the best shooter of all time, then he can stop playing today and still be considered so the, the best shooter of all time. Let me, then, let me, right? Let me mm-hmm. come back with this question then. So, what's the longevity that you would have to have to be considered the greatest shooter of all times in the league? I mean, did, did well, is there no a minimum? No. I mean, I'm just I'm yeah, asking yeah. a realistic point. Is there a minimum on who's greatest shooter? Like, prime example, let's say Brandon Roy would have been the best shooting guard ever because he was putting up great numbers. But he had a degenerative knee. I mean, he really couldn't come through because he had major injuries. Same with Grant Hill. Injuries are part of the game. Let's say, let's say quite naturally, he makes enough money in his mind. He wins a championship. He says, you know what? I'm hanging it up. I don't want to play no more. I, I left at the top of my game like a Jim Brown. We mm-hmm. in, in football, Jim Brown retired at the age of 30, nine years in football. He was the best. Everybody said he was the best. And he left off at the top of his game. And we consider him to this day, if not the best, one of the best top five all time. But he still played nearly a decade, though. So that's so you basically giving me a minimum. That's well, what I'm saying. I think you have to have a, a, some. I mean, it's not you can't put a number on it, but mm-hmm. I think it's more of a field than anything. You, I mean, you can't have a guy to come in one season, average forty points a game, break the three point record, and say, "Hey, man, this this guy's the best shooter of all time." He very well may have the talent mm-hmm. to be now the best shooter of all time. Let's be real. Since but, he got his injuries together from his ankles the last three years each year he's broken the regular season three-point record each year over the last three years and i don't see no slowing down in this kid i think this kid's going to keep getting better and better and better as long as they keep the talent that they have out there in golden state now will they keep them doubt it because a lot of money's going to be out there for these guys people are not going to want to pay the luxury tax but if they can keep a solid core around this guy they already locked up clay they're nine times out of ten going to lock up Draymond Green. If they can lock up the core to keep around him, he could be the best shooter of all time. Well, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. My 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 thing is just you can't give it to him yet mm-hmm. because there have been players who showed great talent, and and I'm six years isn't a short stint, but it's not. 15 like like Reggie Miller played or Ray Allen played and they, and, and they were stone cold killers for their whole career. Right. I mean because what are we talking about? We just talking about I mean this is this is one of those uh, fan conversations, right? Well, who's the best shooter of all time? There's no tangible way to really determine who's the best shooter of all time unless you want to get two guys in the gym and have them take the same <laughs> shots or something like that. You right. know what I'm saying? So the right. only thing that you can really base it off of is their performances, their performances in big games, mm-hmm. right? Range, you know, free throw shooting Ability to make different kinds of shots. That's why I said, well, are we just talking three point shooting or are we talking all around all shooting? All around shooting. Because if we're talking about all around shooting, Larry Bird got to be, if not number one, number two. Right. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Because Larry Bird can do, has the ability to do everything that these guys can do, plus turnarounds. Boom. You know, fadeaways, pump fakes, different rules then. So you got guys beating you up a little bit. He's still knocking them down. So Larry mm-hmm. Bird got to be in any greatest shooter conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's Man, just be honest. I'm going to be real. You know who's best? Earl Manigault. The GOAT. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was watching that documentary the other day. Man, that boy can shoot from anywhere. Then he could go and snatch quarters off the top of the backboard. But you know what, though? That's a great example. And you know why? Because if you talk to people who saw him play, they'll say, this guy was the best basketball player that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He should have been in the league. Probably Remember Michael Ray Richardson? Same yeah, thing. Michael Ray Richardson. Yep, same thing. And, and look, you know, not to get too off, off topic here, you know, I always bring a Bernard King. Bernard King was yeah, the oh, he was a beast. beast. 
Y'all, you talk about a score machine, unstoppable Bernard King. Injuries mm-hmm. took him down. Yeah, so, that's true. So, but but just because he was a remember beast, when he dropped a double nickel twice man, back to back fifty and come fifty on, back to back games. <laughs> now, just just because you, you have great success in a short period of time, mm-hmm. does that mean that you should be considered as one of the all time greats with people who have done it on, 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 for a consistent basis on a consistent basis for a number of years? Yeah, that's that's kind of true. Kind of ring bells. Let me go into something real quick. You know I got to come here, NBA draft lottery, before I go to the Eastern Conference of the NBA because I know my man JB is kind of proud over there. He got a, some some hometown, some family in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> in the NBA right now. But <laughs> the NBA draft lottery just happened over this past week. A lot of teams looking to have some great fortunes come up. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who just basically received the rookie of the year for free last year, and uh, Andrew Wiggins getting rid of Kevin Love. They also land a pot of gold by getting the number one pick in this NBA draft. <laughs> but hey, you're right about that. The, big, the biggest thing that I love in right now is the fact that my Los Angeles Lakers, everybody on Perspectives Media and Inner Circle Sports Talk know that GD Fitz is a Lakers fan. We jumped the New York Knicks and got the number two pick in this draft. The two prominent dudes in this draft, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaleel Okafor. The question I have for you guys, who's going number one? Is it going to be the big man out of Duke, or is it going to be the big man out of Kentucky? It's funny that you bring up the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I was just reading an article. It was talking about free agents don't want to go to L.A. Because, because of, of Kobe, Kobe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look. Yeah. So many people say this. I don't really care about that because I'm looking at the future. Kobe gone after this year. Yeah. And, and then when you get a pick like the second pick in the draft, with this talent that's coming, then not to mention you got young Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson, I think, which was a big-time steal over this uh, rookie class that came in this year. You have your core pieces. We just finished talking about core, right, with Golden State. The Lakers are starting to build a core that can go for the future. See, I'm no, I don't never look at my team as saying, oh, I'm a Kobe guy. I'm looking at it as my Lakers. They're getting ready to rebuild, and that's what's going to happen. So what do you think, Kelvin? Who do you think should be number one? Okafoot or Towns? They better get Towns. You say get Towns. They better get Towns. Why? Now, me personally, I want Towns too. That's what I want. All around game. Well, what's what's Towns running like? Seven feet two forty. He's six ten. He's not six ten. He's bigger than six ten. Six ten, man. I'm telling you, he's six foot ten, two hundred and sixty pounds. He's a big boy. A big Let's boy. just leave it at that. He's a big boy. And Okafor is six foot eleven, basically seven feet because he's like six foot eleven and a half, two seventy five. So I, I just think that, and I know the Knicks. Phil came out and and, and basically said that he uh was getting ready to uh, go ahead and trade that fourth pick. But I'm gonna come right back in on this topic as soon as we go out and take a quick commercial break. Don't y'all go away. In a circle sports talk radio show is in full effect.
fate of Japan was sealed forever. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up. We back at it. My boy JB Supreme, Calvin K, GD Fitz in the Circle Sports Talk. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take it to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, GD want me to uh, shoot uh, shoot my cousin out, but like I said, uh, he on the losing side. Ah, Kent Bazemore, I gotta give <laughs> no. Big Mike and, and Kent Bazemore some love. What's your man? What's his nickname, yo? What's his nickname? I don't know. You give him a nickname. They call him. You know what his nickname is? Called Mister Hustle because I seen this kid hustle hard. He's playing hard, and he came right out and said, "We the better team." But yeah. you just said he on the losing side. He don't give your family no love, he, man. Hey, hey, if he was with the Cavs, and I would give Oh, him. man. He on the wrong side. Water thicker than blood, I guess. <laughs> hey, look. Going into game three, Cleveland's up 2-0. They basically took complete control of this series by basically taking home court advantage over the Hawks over this past week. Who but, do you think has the advantage going in with all of these injuries. That's the, the only thing about it. I'm just looking at so many injuries with both teams right now. But Get your brooms out. The, you call them yeah. the brooms out, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards out. it because the only guy that's that matters that is not injured is LeBron James, and he's all setting that the tone. He's yeah. setting a straight tone, man. Yeah, because you don't have to – it's almost like LeBron, you're not worrying about him, how he's going to fit in with Kyrie, mm-hmm. how Kyrie and LeBron are going to share the ball. And you're not worried about whether it's love, happy, is he getting enough touches, this, that, and the third. <laughs> All you're worried about is LeBron running the show. Everybody else going to buy in because they, you know, J.R. Smith, Shumpert. Yeah, I mean, these guys are good players, but they're borderline starters, mm-hmm. six-man kind of guys. So you, it's just pretty much LeBron. I mean, when I was watching the game the other day. Right. They started blowing the Hawks out. And who they had on the floor was LeBron. Shepard. Shumpert. Um, Timothy Moskov. Mm-hmm. You had Thompson. You had Thompson. Bella Vadova. Bella Vadova starting tonight. Well, he ain't got no choice. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? He's starting tonight. This, how many teams could he, could he start for in the NBA? None. None other than Cleveland. Why? Because LeBron's there. So, Look, get your brims out, man. Let's just, look, y'all already start talking about the finals or what? Because yeah, I'm with you now. But look, I, I get what Basimov was saying though. They're a better team because, mm-hmm. by definition of team, they are a better team. But they got hit with the injury bug at the wrong time of the season. Don't I put mean, it on that. It wouldn't have made a difference. I, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just in general. Their complete team was all got hurt. I'm talking about before the even regular season ended. Cephalosha got in trouble in New York, broke his leg. Then you had the injury to Damani Curl at the beginning of this series. And then 
game two. Kyle yeah, but he's Ford. back though. He's back on the floor. Yeah, he's back on the floor, but he's not his same self. He's not even moving laterally right. That's why Kent Bazemore been getting a lot of burn as well. And then Kyle Korver goes down game two with the bad ankle, and he's out for the rest of the playoffs. Now none of these guys combined are as good as Kevin Love, and Kevin Love's not there. And he's not. Mm-hmm. There. That's why I said it's not. It's not about who got hurt. It's just the fact that. Certain people and certain teams play better when they're complete. They're really not complete, and I'm not making excuses. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. LeBron, good LeBron is the best player in the, in the game, so he's going to make sure that they win. I mean, I give him credit. I, I give LeBron credit. And here's the funny side plot to this whole thing. LeBron doing this without Kevin Love, an all-star uh, caliber player, and he's basically doing it without Kyrie Irving as well. And, you know, for years people say LeBron can't do it without another one or two superstars. Ah. He, he kind of proving everybody wrong right now because he's doing it basically with Shepard, J.R. Smith, Moskov, and Thompson. Well, so, let's, well let's be honest, man. I'm a, Anybody who says that really doesn't know too much about basketball, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because he did it for, for seven years in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, he went but to Miami. I, I guess, but, you know what's funny? I, I've been saying this for years, and I'm going to keep saying it. LeBron is this era's Will Chamberlain. Hear me out where I'm going. When Wilt came in and dominated from day one, everybody said, Wilt going to win all these championships. Wilt wound up only winning two championships, 67 with Philly and then in 72 with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They compare LeBron kind of the same way. From day one, they said he's the guy that's going to basically take the league by storm, win all these MVPs, win all these titles. He's 11 years in. He got two titles. Now, he's been to a lot of finals. Just like Wilt went to a lot of Eastern Conference Finals and Finals, but they never won a bunch of them. They only won two. Do I think LeBron can win another two, maybe three? Yeah, because I think he's basically in his prime right now, mm-hmm. 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But they compare him on his championships, not getting to the finals. They compare him on winning the title. So mm-hmm. the biggest numbers that everybody look at at LeBron is he's two and three in the finals, okay? He's two and three in the finals. They don't look at anything else but that. They're like, yo, he's two and three in the finals. Can he keep winning championships? And I think it's a that's the 50-50 question because if he gets to the finals, case of point, like we just said in the, the last topic, you, y'all you guys say LeBron winning the championship over Golden State. But if Golden State beats him, everybody's going to look at LeBron and say, He's two and four. Now, he might get a pat on his back this time because they say, well, they wasn't a complete team. I disagree with that. Injuries are part of the game. So is LeBron compared on championships or is LeBron should be just compared on just his greatness overall because he's taking guys like Della Vadova and them to the finals? Well, mm-hmm. the, the great players are definitely measured by championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. because everybody's great. So you have to use something to – determine who's better and you know we're sitting around talking over a couple cold ones that's what we generally use right how many rings does he have um that's why you know it's another sport but that's why nobody can tell me that uh tom brady isn't a better quarterback than peyton manning because mm-hmm. when it's time for the big game he we don't rings. get blown out 45 to 3 or whatever it is he, he typically wins or comes down to the end of the game well, um speaking of greatness and tom brady <laughs> perfect yeah. segue into all yeah. next yeah, topic. I was, you know, I've been itching to talk about this daggone topic. Damn deflate gate. Damn cheaters. The cheatrits. Yeah, yeah, the cheatrits up in uh, Boston, you know, New England. Tom Brady, four-game suspension. We haven't really pegged in on this yet like we should have. 
but he's getting suspended for four games by the NFL for uh, basically the uh, the deflating of the balls, man, and the integrity of the game. And he's talking about suing the NFL. Do y'all think uh, that's a good thing for Tom Brady, or you think that's not going to be too successful for the guy, JD? I, I think it's a uh, I think it's a bad thing for Tom Brady. And after this whole Deflate Gate situation. I look at the, 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 the Patriots in a totally different light now. It's always something. First, he was videotaping people. Foggy. Yeah. Then it was, what else, what else did it, uh, Bill Belichick do? He did something else. I, I mean, it's just the, the disrespect. It was something with the Jets. It's always was tampering. Was it yeah, tampering, tampering a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always something. Then you had, the thing with the, the you had this thing with the uh, deflate gate. It's just like, I mean, it, 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 a lot of the a lot of the Brady's rings, it, it, they tarnished. Oh, and, but you see, my, my whole biggest thing on it is, why the coach hasn't got reprimanded for real yet? Hey, like, he separated himself from it. You but saw that's, what he that's said. That's terrible because yeah. <laughs> when I look at what happened with New Orleans, mm-hmm. didn't Sean Payton separate yeah. himself from it? He said, I had nothing to do with that. That was all Greg Williams. Now he mm-hmm. threw that guy under the bus. Yeah, Greg yeah. Williams gets suspended, but didn't the coach also get suspended for yeah, a year? Yeah. This is your third time getting in trouble because who's the GM up in New England? Bill Belichick. Yeah. He's the GM and the coach. Yeah. So yeah. the tampering, the, the spy gate, the, even this, everything, when you are the leader and you're the mm-hmm. guy that's over top of it, you should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. They've yet to come and touch Bill Belichick. I think you're naive to think that, not you, but I think anyone's be naive to think that the Patriots aren't one of the um, those, those, those flagship NFL franchises that do get a little bit different treatment. That's not cool, though, yo. Like, I mean, yeah. that, but but I mean, I, I think this that's clear, right? Can't we all agree that and that's and that's the I don't dilemma. know, I don't know what the, we will never know, you know, what the relationship is. We know we know what the media uh, broadcast, but we don't mm-hmm. know what the relationship is but between Robert Kraft and Roger Goodell, and we don't know how the relationships between Goodell, the other owners. And Goodell and just the institution of the NFL manifest itself. And I think in this case, it's damn sure manifesting itself because how the hell can you come out with a <laughs> with, with a, a, reply, a 25 page reply <laughs> to, to the Ted Rose investigation? You, you know, a rebuttal basically. Man, I mean, who does that, man? Yeah. I mean, but that's the that's the thing. I mean, Jay he should have got fined on that. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. and that's what I'm saying, Jay. That's that's what I'm getting at. The, it's so obvious that they sitting here and they saying, yo, y'all can get away with whatever you mm-hmm. want. We're going to give you a million dollar fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to take away a first round pick. Belichick don't really like first round picks. He gets all his picks in the second, third, mm-hmm. fourth round. Mm-hmm. So what really have you taken away? Yeah, and you, with, which you, I thought that million dollar fine was a joke even, too. Like, even, to say this, even to say this, they won a Super Bowl. Give them to them. They beat, they beat Seattle without a d- deflated ball. They beat them. Oh, okay. we don't know that. No, they beat him because Russell Wilson made a dumb move by throwing that dumb pass. Yeah. But what mm. I'm getting at is this. They won that game. Give them big ups and give them respect for winning that game. But my goal and my point of what I'm saying in this topic, they suspend Brady for four games. Didn't they start out this year two and two and everybody mm-hmm. thought they were done? Mm-hmm. And what they finish? 12 and four, first mm-hmm. place in the AFC, home field throughout. Got all the way to the Super Bowl. So what do you recommend? Four suspend suspending Brady have, for a season? Me, personally, I thought he was only going to get two. And with his mm-hmm. appeal, he's probably only going to wind up with two. I thought, if anything, if the player got caught, they suspended Jonathan Vilma for a whole season yeah. for, for basically getting paid to hit a nigga. Yeah. I, I, I mean, not that, I'm, not, I'm sorry I got a little aggressive. I haven't gotten aggressive in a while. It might be the drink from Memorial Day. But the point <laughs> is, he, he got there and he was getting suspended for basically getting paid to, to take people out. 
Mm-hmm. Which I always thought football was to hit the other guy, keep him from getting you know down the field and do some damage. Yeah, but wait we, a minute. Go ahead. Then you go with this guy got caught cheating, mm-hmm. got caught cheating, mm-hmm. basically could, tried to lie his way through it, mm-hmm. and they gave him four games, no fine, four games, and he's mm-hmm. going to get an appeal and get it down to two, maybe even one, which mm-hmm. is the month, the Thursday night opening game. Mm-hmm. That's not fair, and mm-hmm. that's why a lot of players and a lot of team owners and coaches are pissed off of what's going on. The one thing I give them credit for, Robert Kraft accepted the million-dollar fine and the draft picks that get taken away. Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady, if he gets anything less than four games, that's a crying shame for what they do. When you do that things to Ray Rice, when you did mm-hmm. that to AP, mm-hmm. and then you turned around and you, and, and you do the same thing to Jonathan Vilma, when you're mm-hmm. football-related with Vilma, it's not football related with Ray Rice. That's off the field. Mm-hmm. It's football related with Vilma. You've suspended Vilma and basically ended his career with that. You give this guy, the golden boy, the slap on the hand. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. I don't I look, I agree with you on, on on the point of it's not going down the way that it would go down if we were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think we all can agree that there are levels of cheating. Okay. You can't suspend Tom Brady for okay, adjusting the the, the air pressure or, or seeing to it that the air pressure was taken out of some footballs. How can you compare that with Adrian Peterson who beat his child and had blood streaming down his leg? That's why I said You can't it's you can't compare it to. That's why I said it's football related. And I, I don't know that's not cheating. That, that's not cheating, but I just mean the dis, the, the discipline of it. You, they're not the same. What I want to know is why the NFL allowed the rule to be changed in the first place. Because the rule of what? When 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 you, you know the, the when it changed the rule, the rule hitting low? No, when it changed the rule years ago when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were advocating that each team have their own sets of balls. Mm-hmm. Why did that rule get changed? What do you think teams were going to do? They were going to the quarterbacks Man, were going to have their Yeah, like. I mean, that, that's kind of like I mean, what what would be changing the rule for anyway? Okay, if mm-hmm. if all the, if all the footballs are going to be the same pressure. Mm-hmm. Let the NFL supply the balls. These are the balls we're going to play with. When mm-hmm. they started to allow teams to use their own sets of balls, what the hell did they think was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, why why even institute a rule like that? Why why would Peyton well, Manning and Tom Brady, you know, I'm, want a rule change like that so they can have their own kind of football? Take a little air out, put a little air in, you know, well, I, scuff I it up that. a little bit. Put I hate that. On, I don't know. I hate that all of the rules that we usually see have always been beneficial towards the quarterback over the last couple of years. Let's look back in 01 with the um the bumping of the, the receiver. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember when yeah. Peyton was complaining about that? Mm-hmm. And with the Patriots, it's like, oh, they always bumping and holding our receivers. And then they changed that rule and basically throw the five yards where you can get that advancement. Then the, the tuck rule. Yeah. That rule. Now you got the rule that just got changed this year from what the Bush League played with the Ravens when they lining up with the four oh, offensive yeah. linemen yeah. in there. And then they changed that rule where you can't do that now. Why everything always happens after the fact? I just don't understand. With the Patriots, it's mm-hmm. always like that, and I, I feel the same way with this suspension. I really mm-hmm. do. Well, one more, one more thing on the, on this for me. If you if you really look at the Patriots over the years, have these things contributed that much to them winning? That's the only question. Is Bill Belichick the best coach of all time? 
because of because, because of yeah. cheating or, or because over the generation, however you want to want to rank him, is is he is he a fraud? So because that's basically what's at the core of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Is Bill Belichick a fraud? But do is you Tom think Brady a fraud? Do you personally do you think Bill Belichick is a fraud? No, I think do he's the think smartest he's man in the room. Yeah, I, I, no, yeah, I think he's his football IQ is very high, but I mean, you still can't overlook the cheating. And that's and that's my thing. When you go out and you get caught with the spy gate, now this is the only bad thing for for the NFL. When you get caught with the spy gate, it didn't come out the day after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out until years after the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. it came out the year that they went eighteen and one. Mm-hmm. That's six years after you won the Super Bowl, the first time. So when all this comes out after you've already won three Super Bowls in a four year span, and now you're on your verge of getting a perfect season, that's when it comes out. Why did it take so long if you really caught him cheap? But you just said it, though. And this is why I give Belichick credit. Well, they always catching the Patriots after the fact. That's because he's always the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't, they, you know, the, 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 the dumbest guy in the room gets, gets, pen, gets caught and penalized any time, every time, mm-hmm. every play. You know, Michael Orr gets caught <laughs> false starting every play. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Belichick, they catch up to him after the fact. Because he's smart, he he literally pushes the line of what's legal and what's not legal, to, and it gives the NFL it puts the ball in their court where they have to really analyze the rule. Okay, these guys are doing this. This is something that we need to change. It's not necessarily about the Patriots, but it's about Bill Belichick pushing the envelope and really forcing the NFL's hand, kind of like mm-hmm. Allen Iverson back in the day. Is this a is this crossover carrying? Is is it legal? <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying. Right. He's ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. He's ahead of the curve. But I by no means think that he's a fraud. And Brady, you know, because he took a, a little bit of air out of football, doesn't mean that he's not a good quarterback. Right. Quick plug in on the NBA playoff game three. LeBron James starting out the first quarter kind of slow, zero for nine from the field, worst shooting quarter of his career. Cleveland trails in the first quarter. <laughs> 24 to 20, boy. So, he's 0 for 9 from the field. Oh, boy. Basically playing like crap, and they're only down three. Damn, that, that's, that's yeah. not good. But you know what, though? The last the last, um, the last, last uh, Cavs-Hawks game, mm-hmm. when they were blowing the Hawks out, LeBron was just coming down. And you know he's, having, he's been having a bad three-point shooting playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was just coming down, yeah. taking practice shots, man. Mm-hmm. He was just coming down, breaking the <laughs> offense, just shooting threes like re- during That's live crazy, game man. action. I, I, I hope he don't play around to the point where they even lose one game because I think they should sweep the land. I mean, being, yeah. I, I tried to stand up for you, uh, Ken. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Man, LeBron's going to come out there tonight and try like, you know, 60-foot jump shots. Right. That, that's, that's and, you know, hook shots for the three-point line, man. Practice. <laughs> Practice. They don't, they, don't, they don't have anybody that can check them. Man. And that's, and that's they the really don't. I mean, you can't really check them. Nobody can check them per se. But, but you don't got nobody to hold. Yeah, them up. they don't have like a, a Draymond or like a Kawhi Leonard or like right. you know somebody of that ilk. Right. Yeah, Boy. Leonard manhandled uh, LeBron. Who? Uh, who? Who the boy? Kawhi. Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kawhi was. A, yeah, Kawhi's a dang, He's going to be a dangerous piece for a couple of years to come. Staying with the NFL. Big time contracts getting ready to come up for a lot of quarterbacks that's coming in to their second contract. Andrew Luck, RG3, Russell Wilson. But the first quarterback out of those guys in that 2012 draft class, Ryan Tannehill, got his deal done over this past week. Signed a six year, $95 million with $45 million guaranteed. John, is this the right move for the Dolphins? 
I mean, uh, in all honesty, I mean, it's the only move you can make. Because, I mean, we, we, whatever quarterback you got yeah, out Yeah, whatever quarterback he's going to get. True. It's kind of like the Dolphins, the handcuff. But do you think he deserved all that money? <laughs> I mean, Tannehill's solid. I mean, he put up decent numbers. I, I, that's what I was about to say. You know what's funny? He putting up more n- better numbers than what Drew Brees was putting up in San Diego over mm-hmm. this time of their career. It's and, a different game. That's why. And it's a different yeah. because it's a passing <laughs> league, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think Tannehill deserved that money. And with all that being said, with him getting basically $45 million guaranteed, six years, 95, what do you think Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck is going to get? Oh, they're going to break the bank. They're going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, like, like big time pay. Look, look at it this way. I always say the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sports. Uh-huh. They put in rules to protect the quarterback. Since Tannehill's been there, hasn't the, having the Dolphins been on an upward trend? Yeah, True. they have been winning. Okay. True. So, not sign him and, and get who? <laughs> Just going to have the Dolphins on an upward, upward trend. Right. Look yeah. at the Ravens. They had the best defense on the planet for a long time, but Kyle Bowler was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about Joe Flacco, but they've been in the playoffs ever since. Right. Yeah. You got you to gotta yeah. pay him. When you get a guy that can have your team on pace to win playoff games, mm-hmm. You gotta pay him. You know who I thought was the funniest pay of all times, and I'm not even going to go to your guy JB. I'm, I'm gonna leave him out of it today. Who? Cutler, man. Uh, I'm, gonna leave, I'm gonna leave him out of it. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Rod Fitzpatrick when Buffalo oh, paid yeah, Rod Fitzpatrick yeah, all of that yeah, money. Yeah. And it was kind of like this Tannehill deal when they threw all that money at him, and he never won more than eight games. Mm-hmm. I said, yo. You can make a lot of money throwing a football if you got a little bit of accuracy and got yeah. a little bit of guts to stay in that pocket and throw that ball. But yeah. you, you, you know it's uh, ironic, though. Uh, Tannehill got all that money, and he just said he don't feel he's a franchise quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I saw that too, <laughs> that's man. Nuts. That's, that's nuts to me. Yeah. That's nuts to yeah. me. Now, what do you think Andrew but Luck is going to demand? If you look at the uh, Miami's history, they're uh, always overpaying players. You yeah, remember they, uh, yo, they just over. I think he's yeah. the best defensive tackle in the game, yeah. but that's a lot of money for a guy that only play on the one side of the ball. Yeah. See, and he I think can't, and he can't score. Yeah. He ain't J. He ain't JJ Watt. No, you know what no. I'm saying. And JJ yeah. Watt can get you a touchdown on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. But don't forget about this. This is just a, a side note to this conversation. Don't forget about this. But NFL free agency is a bit different now because you have a minimum amount of money that you have to spend. Right. That's why mm-hmm. Oakland pays everybody. It's not about. Well, these guys are worth that money much money in Oakland, but you ha- they have to pay people to come there because they have a minimum amount of money that they have to spend. There's a there's an assigned basement. Yes, yes, so yes. you got to pay guys to come to the Raiders because you're not going to get good quality people. Well, that's a, yeah. part, of, you know. that's a part of the NFL players uh, union with the, the strike that they had, the lockout that they had. You you have to pay that base. And, and it's good for the players because they all wind up getting paid from somebody, even if you know you ain't really trying to play football anymore because I think mm-hmm. guys like not to knock Justin Tuck but Justin Tuck went to Oakland for the money so mm-hmm. you know that's what happened so speaking of Oakland I, I totally forgot about this I want to throw this in there uh, speaking of Oakland Oakland San Diego St. Louis Rams all three of these teams are considering a move to LA big time development has been happening over the spring meetings do you think that the Oakland Raiders or the San Diego Chargers or the St. Louis Rams are going to eventually be called the Los Angeles Rams, Raiders, or Chargers. Do you think one or two of these teams are going to wind up being in L.A. in the near future? Well, the I uh, heard a little rumblings about San Diego, which I think will be horrendous to do that to those people down in San Diego. <laughs> Why? Because beautiful weather. 
uh-huh. with food. But if you, you must know. be at Bricks, you ready to go back to Bricks? <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. I, I really don't think it's a bad move. If you can't basically help and get a stadium, that the owners can leave. I mean, they yeah. they're not hold back by the cities no more. It ain't like tradition. Would like like here in Baltimore, we were pissed when the Colts left mm-hmm. because they wanted a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Do I think Baltimore could have eventually got a stadium for them? Yeah, because look at what happened with the Ravens when they got it. Mm-hmm. But you sit here and you don't you don't want to build a new stadium, but you want the team to still be there. You can't have it both ways with these guys. They looking for money. You know, it's about money now. That's the only tradition. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the tradition of it all. <laughs> the tradition of the dollar. Money. I don't know which team is going to wind up in L.A., but. My gut tells me it might be more than one team. I think it's going to be L.A. I think it's going to be two L.A. teams. And I think yeah, it's going to be the, the Rams. Raiders and the, uh, I think it's going to be the Raiders and the Chargers. I don't think it's the Rams because I think St. Louis is going to want to pay to keep that team there. Well, the only reason why I said the Rams because, um, I mean, you never know what the NFL was thinking. You never know how the um, – behind the door right. you know conversations and negotiations go but remember there was a report about the owner of the rams having a, a healthy piece of property uh a, a, a good size amount of land out mm-hmm. in uh, california in that area that would have been a perfect um location for a stadium for that market right so i thought that that was probably the, the a smoking gun that might indicate a move from uh st louis um and i think they smoked that gun because they said st louis if you want us mm-hmm. to stay you better pay Mm-hmm. And and I really think they're going to wind up paying because I I think the fan base in St. Louis is a lot stronger than what it would be in L.A. for the Rams. In the uh, the Rams used to be in L.A. Didn't well, it? yes, the Rams and the Raiders used During to be the, in the uh, Dickinson days. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. When both teams were actually successful, Bo Jackson days and yeah. and all that. Yeah. But I I don't see yeah. Marcus don't Allen see, days. Not you know, Marcus Allen, you know, he was blackballed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I think it's going to wind up being the. Uh, the, the Raiders and the, the Chargers going in there. So that that's who I think is going to wind up going in that move. Staying with the NFL, one more big-time topic, big-time move over the spring meetings. The NFL has decided to make the point after attempt move back 15 yards. Thank you. Been waiting on that they, one. They said kickers better learn to really make that money. Go yeah. back there and make a field goal instead of just chip shot. Do you think mm. that's a good move? And then also the two-point conversion. Now – the defense can go out and if they get a turnover via fumble or yeah, interception, they, get two points, they can yeah. return it back and get two points themselves. And the extra point in football has been a joke for years. So let's just be you, honest. You think it's the best move? <laughs> yeah, I mean, after, after a touchdown, I usually go, that, that's a bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who would have loved this right here, though. I ain't going to lie. My boy, our boy, Ed Reed. If he was oh, still playing yeah, and he could yeah. get an interception or yeah. or something to return it back for two points, that's what playmakers do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This this is gonna show who really is those big time players. Yeah, it's only it's break. only right. The defense should have the same opportunity to score as the offense on every play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, yeah. I think it's perfect. And but see, my thing is, I thought that the NFL should have moved it back where they say, okay, if you're gonna go for two points, if you're kicking the the extra point from 15 yards. Why not do the two points from 15 yards? Yeah, because it, it's or, ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous it's, to me. You still the, go to the two for the two-point yeah, conversion. Yeah. I don't think so, though, because they give, they're give they trying to add excitement to the game. That's the whole mm. point of making these changes, to to take away a pretty much gimme, boring play and make it into something that the fans – it's, it's just another another way to gain interest from the fans. Mm. You keep mm. the so teams are going to be they're going to really think about going for two a lot more now because yeah. of yeah. the incentive of it being on the two yard line. I now don't, I don't think so. I think that a lot of teams. I think are going it to, I think I think it's going to depend on teams trusting their kickers. I mean, like all right, prime example, 
we in Baltimore, we know we have a great kicker in Justin Tucker. The 15, 15 yards, fifteen yard line. I don't think that would be an issue for him. But let's say you get a guy like a a Graham Gano, or one of the young kickers that's in the league that haven't been used to doing this and they're used to kicking from you know the two or get a Billy Cundiff and, they, and yeah something like that <laughs> and you miss a field goal or miss an extra point. Now you put the emphasis on the culture of do I go for two or do I do the one. Well, that's exactly my argument, though. That's exactly my argument. I mean, everybody doesn't have an elite kicker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, a lot of coaches will say, well, look, I might not have an elite kicker, but I got a good offensive line and a pounded running back. Mm -hmm. Let's let's line up and do it. Uh, And that's the the thing. We can see a lot of eight to six kind of scores early Mm -hmm. in the games. And Mm -hmm. do you think traditionalists are going to be upset with that, or do you think it's just going to be – Something that's eventually going to just become a part of the game, or I mean, who, who cares about tr- tradition that doesn't amount well, to anything? Vegas I mean, if it, cares about if tradition we, when you can't oh, get yeah. the points spread. Yeah, correct. yeah, that put you mess up that points. Well, spread, th- those yeah. guys, those guys are smart enough to fi- figure it out. They figure out everything else. They'll figure out this. I mean, if it adds an element of entertainment to the game, mm-hmm. then that's what that's what you want. You want you want the fans to be entertained. When the fans are entertained, the fans spend money. More eyeballs on the game means more money for the NFL, period. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be the greatest idea. I like the fact that they moved the extra point back because that gives you an extra dynamic. And you say, okay, it's going to make it tougher. But the two-point conversion, in my personal opinion, I thought it should have moved that back to either the mm-hmm. five or the 10-yard line because now you put that emphasis saying, if I have a bad kicker, he's got to make this point because I know that my team might not be able, like Jacksonville. We always talk about Jacksonville. And in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a bad eye sometimes. We can say, hey, look, I don't think that you guys can come out here and go and make a successful, you know, two-point conversion from 10 yards out. Because college football is not from the two. College football's two-point conversion is from the five. So why not move it back that way? Because this isn't college football. The defenders, <laughs> the, the, the defense, it, it, the defenders, if you, that doesn't make sense to me because people will just kick every time. Nobody's going for two from the 10-yard line. That's the whole that's that's that that's why I think it'll be it'll work out good because you're really forcing the coaches to make a decision. Okay, man, I'm so close right now. I'm a two yard line. Or oh, I can pretty much take a gimme field goal, but man, a two yard line, I got a stud running back. It's really a decision to be made. But we'll see how it plays out, man. I think I think it can only be beneficial to the league. I don't think it can hurt it unless we're talking about hurting Vegas well, somehow yeah, with these points spreads. I mean, like you I said. definitely think it's gonna um be okay for the league because they get what they want. They're getting that extra point is going to add some excitement because, like you said, there's not a lot of elite kickers in the league. There's some good kickers, then there's some not-so-good kickers, and then a few elite kickers. So it's going to give that extra dynamic where a lot of teams are going to have to make a decision and say, hey, look, I don't know. This guy missed a regular field goal from right there. I don't know if he can make an extra point right there. And depending on how this thing plays out, there may be value placed back on the running back position because there may be value placed on guys like Brandon Jacobs, an old, yeah. e- even an over-the-hill Brandon Jacobs. You don't think mm-hmm. over-the-hill Brandon Jacobs can get from the, the two-yard line to, to, to score? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There might, I mean, you might you wind up seeing Vince Wilfork in the backfield <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to get two-point conversions, man. Who's going to stop him? Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. dude, just run straight. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, might, it, it might not go that far, but there might be an added value placed on power backs as a result of this. Yeah. I mean, well, you got to look at it. The NFL, they change up so much because those big physical fullbacks like Avante Leach, 
those guys mm-hmm. aren't in the league right. no more. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now you add this and does this add that? That's what now I'm saying. To Ross and say, I need to have that Bonte Leach type guy. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yep. like, all right, and I hate to keep comparing them to him, but I look at a team like Baltimore who's already hitting that curve of saying we have to balance it out. They let go Vontae Leach, and they brought in a guy like Hooschek. Why? Because he can catch out the backfield. Now, let's look at the dynamic of the two-point conversion. We still have a very good running game. You want to go for two points even though you got a good kicker because maybe you're down by one, and you say you mm-hmm. need to get up. You got that flank back coming out that can catch the ball as well as your other two or three receivers on the field, and not to mention you have a solid run game and a quarterback who's very instinctive when it comes to saying just, just play football. When you go and you say, hey, look, you got to think this, think that, do this, do this. That's when the quarterback's not successful. But when it's like, yo, just go do you, just play. He'd be like, oh, I got the wide open lane. I'm going to run it in. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to take Bill Belichick to be, <laughs> oh, to be the no. one. It's going to take him to be the one to line up with, like, Vince Will. Well, Vince Will, he's, he's gone he's now, gone. so he's not Vince. Him, yeah. But to line up with a Vontae Leach type of guy in the backfield. Soldier, have, like, a like Tavon Austin and fullbacks and say sprint to the sprint to the goalpost. Mm-hmm. Let Brady hit him. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to come up with a way to be a little inventive about this two-point conversion thing. And it's going to it might, it might create a couple jobs for a couple guys. I, I think it's definitely <laughs> going to create some jobs for some people because what you're doing in the end? You're trying to make, like you said, excitement. And then the only way you can create excitement, if you get a guy like, it's funny, I'm going to go back to an old school name, Lavernius Coles. Because this kind of plays oh, that he used to yeah. always do when he was up with the Jets. Lavernius mm. Coles used to always be the guy that always come with that quirky play somewhere, catch the ball, and then do something quirky and score. Same thing with like a young guy, Tavon Austin, or, or somebody like that. So it's like, wow, you got these young guys who are trying to stay in a job. Tebow, for an example. What was his forte in college? Jump pass. Mm-hmm. Two-point conversion is perfect for a guy like Tebow mm-hmm. because you don't know if he's going to run it with the big power fullback type style that he is, throw it, or do something creative like a jump pass. I mean, you just don't know. Yeah, so, let, I mean, sign Tebow to the minimum. Let Tebow let Tebow wind up with Philly mm-hmm. and let him, in a in a big game, nationally televised game, score a two-point conversion. Two conversion to win the game. And, and then mm-hmm. hit the nail down. It's, let, it, it, it's not don't let him do it two times. Uh-huh. Now it's gonna, you, you see what I'm saying? It, it creates excitement and then it creates a job. And it, yeah, I really see it being, and I mean, especially when you only have 16 games. Mm-hmm. I think that really, it really could, it's going to take the right coach to make something out of it. Just like once upon a time, special teams wasn't looked at in the same light as looked at now. Now you have special team coaches. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That actually can get head coach positions from that special team coach right. spot. So we'll yeah, see how it plays that's, out. That's the whole thing. You know, you never know if uh, it's going to turn out to be successful until you see it. But we can right go out and go on a quick commercial break in the Circle Sports Talk Radio. As a man, you know what it's like to break your back on a daily basis. Introducing new Bud Silver, the beer for hardworking men. It's just what you need after a day of assembling flat pack furniture when instructions are cast aside in favor of intuition. Working with one eye on the job and another on the TV. A day when you're told it looks a bit wonky at least 40 times. Hardworking men want a fuller tasting, thirst quenching beer. New Bud Silver. One cold can of You Bet I Earned It. Welcome back to the Inner Circle. Kelvin K here with JD. I'm sorry, JB. Hey. My man. <laughs> GD Fitz. We all in the building, man. Getting back into it. Where, you know, where we up, going? Up, up, you know, up. we usually do our UFC boxing segment around this time. And uh, UFC had a big pay-per-view last night. We had a 
co-main event, Chris Wedman versus Victor Belfort. And then we had Daniel Cormier going up against Anthony Johnson for the light heavyweight title. My man JB, you know, he our UFC guy, Chris Wedman. He knocked out Victor Belfort last night in the first round at 253. That was surprising. Why? Because Vito Belfort has a pretty good chin. And like I said before, like I was talking to you, I don't, mm-hmm. I really don't believe Whiteman is a true champion. I don't either. I never like him either. I don't, yeah. I don't think so either, yeah. but he's he's got three title defenses. Yeah. And I know the way that he got his first one was mm-hmm. over the great Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. But when you play around and yeah. you get dropped, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. And then the second yeah. time around, it was a check, you know, a check on him. And, yeah. and he checked and he shot back on the check. And Anderson Silva broke his leg. But for Wedman to go out here against a, a pretty prominent you yeah. know, fighter in yeah. Belfort, I was like, wow. I mean. Belfort, he's, he's a seasoned guy. Yeah, he very seasoned guy. Heavyweight. Like heavyweight, and then he's fighting. So, the, uh, it's it's kind of like being the, basically being pound for pound of UFC, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. come down and then had his fight. I mean, it was a lot of animosity going to this fight. Belfort kind of called out Wedman. Wedman kind of disrespected him, and to mm-hmm. come out here and see this happening last night, I was like, wow! I, yeah, kind of put me in shock myself. <laughs> but um, with that being said, now that he's got a prominent victory, that really. Is prominent because, like we just mm-hmm. finished saying about Anderson Silva, it was mm-hmm. he was playing around. Do you think Wedman's up in that pound for pound for pound top guys now in the UFC? No, no, no I still don't either. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this guy just got some big names on his list now. I know he's only thirteen and <laughs> but he got some names on him now. I mean, not really though. I mean, he fought Machida, washed up. Uh huh. He fought Leota Machida. Leota Machida shouldn't be fighting that middleweight. Okay, he should have stayed at light heavy, and. But when you pound for pound, you think he can come up yeah. and down like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, who who you think is next for him, though? I have no clue. I don't either. I don't I know who. No what about my dude? Uh, I like Johnny Hendricks, you know, at the, uh, the yeah. welterweight. Yeah. You think he comes up to uh, middleweight to try to fight him? Uh, well, I mean, he walk around naturally at middleweight. I think they could wind up making that. That could yeah. be a big fight. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Hendricks, after I seen him go up against uh, your boy, Say Pierre, you know, the, the old yeah. face of uh, UFC. Yeah. When I used to see that all the time, I'm thinking like, oh, man, they're getting ready to really get it in. And I mean, I think uh, didn't uh, Hendrix, he lost. He lost. To, That's uh, why I think Hendrix will move up to, to this. Yeah. He can move up the middleweight since he naturally walks around like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of like boxing. You know, a lot of guys, mm-hmm. they drop down two weight classes to, uh, to come into a speaking fight. Of, uh, speaking of boxing, I just saw my boy fighting on the 29th. Who? Amir Khan. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, fight dude. on the 29th. Make sure y'all check that out. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, overhyped boxer. Nah, man. The boy got skills, <laughs> man. He got hands, man. Yeah, he does. That's he don't your have boy. a chin. He ain't got no. That's why I don't like him. But he got hands, though. Well, if he wins this fight, who's his next opponent? Since we're going to stick with Amir Khan. May- Mayweather going to duck him. Mayweather going to duck him. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Mayweather won him. Nah. That's the last big money that. fight. He don't want that. Mayweather don't want to see that. You know what? I was thinking about that, too. I think Mayweather mm. might duck him, too, because not having a chin really doesn't matter against Floyd because Floyd's yeah, not yeah, going to knock yeah. you out. <laughs> so but so what else does he have? Can he hit Floyd? Is he quick enough to hit Floyd? Yeah, is, I think he Can is. he hurt Floyd? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's quick enough to hit Floyd. Yeah. I think he could possibly he hurt Floyd. He has the Floyd. offensive tools to, to yeah. mix it yeah. up with Floyd Guess pretty what? good. He ain't, ain't going to catch Floyd because he's going to get caught. 
and I ain't thinking about getting knocked out, I think you're going to be like, oh, boom, oh, I got hit twice. I don't want to get knocked out, even though everybody know Floyd ain't got no power. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. He's not going to do it. I'm just sorry. He ain't going to do it. Everybody talking all this mess about Floyd ducking this and ducking that. Floyd ain't ducking. He know what he's doing. He trying to get that last big payday. And the only big payday that he can get is, well, only two big paydays that he can get. He could possibly get some money off of the Manny Pacquiao because of the fact that Manny was supposedly hurt. Yeah. But but then you go with the next point of it is you got Amir Khan making that European England money, mm-hmm. you know, staying back into the UFC. Daniel Cormier. Yeah, Daniel Cormier. He was he, for him to try to call out John Jones last night. You getting you getting in it early? You let let me get my announcement. Oh my bad, my bad. Go ahead, announce it, man. Yeah. You know what what happened last night? Yeah, what he, what he, he wins do? the win the fight. Third Tell round. John Jones, get your shit together. He waiting. Yes, he, he he called him out. And I, which is funny because John Jones beat his ass. I, and that's why I think line it's line. funny. It was like, okay, <laughs> you need to get your shit together, but you just got your ass whooped by this dude. What's the timeline on the Bones Jones suspension and everything? It's indefinite. I mean, it's indefinite. It's indefinite. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing nothing came out as a result. But you know what? This, no. funny, this is what's funny about UFC. This is how mm-hmm. you know when one guy's controlling it, basically. Mm-hmm. He can say and do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can say yeah. tomorrow. So, it could be next year. He strips John Jones of the belt. Which and, I think was wrong. Right. Well, I thought, it, now I'm kind of caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. Was it right to strip him because of what he did and what he got caught getting locked up for? Mm-hmm. Yes. But was it wrong for doing it immediately after this, after you known that he had issues anyway mm-hmm. with the cocaine uh, you know, situation? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to strip him, you should have stripped him then. But John mm-hmm. Bones Jones makes money. Mm-hmm. So that's why they didn't let him go. You can't keep a guy who just got caught in a hit and run and mm-hmm. probably was high as well. We don't know the whole, you know, circumstance. Yeah, he, he, more than likely he was high. Right. He crashed so, the car, run back to yeah, the car. Yeah, run back to the car. Like, I think he was high also when he was on Twitter because you see what he said mm-hmm. on Twitter. He got on there and said, I had to go back to get my lunch money. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think he was out of it. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you strip him, and then you come out before this pay-per-view and say, I think John Bones Jones is going to come back soon to fight. So basically, yeah. you set it up that way. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you you know what's going on because you control all interest. Why? Because mm-hmm. who's getting the pay-per-views rolling? Dana White. Well, mm-hmm. boxing and MMA, they, they're all about star creation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you create big fights. Big fights is how you create big money. So it, it'd be an imp- it's a perfect opportunity to, to have someone else in the spotlight for a while, build them up. Bones Jones is a star when, as soon as he steps back into the ring. Right. So it's a good way it's to like, kind of generate some star power with some other guys instead of, okay, well, who's the next one that's going to fight Bones Jones? Right. Yeah. Time after time after time after time. Now you can kind of manifest and create some excitement around some other guys having the title, some other guys fighting in big fights. So by the time that he does come back, like I said, he's a star whenever he steps back into the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's see how that plays out. Yeah, because it was uh, uh, I don't mean I ain't go ahead, go ahead, you go off, but uh, yeah, it was just that if John Jones w- would have fought this for this fight and won, then they was they were talking about him going to challenge in the heavyweight, right? Because he walks around in heavyweight, right? So that would have been exciting to see. But I don't think I don't see. think John Bones Jones is going to go up to heavyweight. No, because he don't want. He don't I don't want think Kane. he want Kane Vasquez. He don't want that. That, yeah, Vasquez yeah. is a big boy. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think he want that. That's why Brock Lesnar decided yeah. to stay over yeah. the WWE. He's like, I don't, I don't want that, man. I do not yeah. need that drama. 
Yeah. Not in my life. That's King Velasquez beat him in the retirement. Uh, he said, oh, nope. He said, look, <laughs> nope, I'm good. Right. He said, I'm good. I don't, I don't want nothing like that. Yeah, uh, that. Here's a quick question with UFC and boxing kind of related. Do you think that UFC is basically catching up to what boxing was and, no. and is? No. Uh, MMA doesn't have the, the long history that boxing has. Boxing's mm-hmm. been around since 1900s. Right. You know, I mean, UFC, is it'll... I mean, further down the line, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boxing been around for a while. Yeah, boxing, boxing but has I, a history. But what I'm getting at is, is because it's about, like we just finished saying, it's about money. Mm-hmm. Do you think UFC is starting to really get their mark and make their dent in oh, what's going on? And definitely. do you think it's going to affect the way that we view, like, boxers? Like, a lot of kickboxing and people who are in that sport is basically mm-hmm. saying, you know what? We can make more money now as MMA fighters mm-hmm. than we have to worry about being uh, NBA fighters. Mm-hmm. So, but how? But how much money? And you, you gotta forgive me because I'm not, I'm not too privy on, on on how these guys are getting paid, other than like the top guys, Silver and, and Bones Jones. But I mean, these guys aren't really breaking the bank like that. I mean, is it no, really? No. Uh, is MM, I think MMA has its own distinct niche. Uh, cut out just like boxing has its niche cut out. I don't think that they're really taking too many people away from boxing. Boxing was doing a good job, <laughs> you know, alienating people on their own, mm-hmm. you know, with bad decisions and, you know, $100 pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, quick quick plug-in real quick with the uh, NBA playoffs. Cleveland leading two games to none. Game three, Atlanta leads at halftime 49-48. to Big development going on right now. All-star center for the Atlanta Hawks, Al Horford, has been ejected for the rest of this game for a flagrant two on Matthew Della Vadova. More mm. signs that Atlanta is frustrated and it could mm. possibly be on. Oh, the meltdown yeah. begins. Yeah, there it is, man. Yeah, meltdown. Like I was saying earlier in this whole segment, LeBron James, 20 minutes on the court, 3 for 16, Ooh. 10 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, they're losing by one point, and he's having a terrible game, and he's almost putting up a triple-double. Mm. Can, can you say they're getting ready to go to the NBA mm. Finals? Get the broom out. Get the broom out. Would you say, Calvin K., get the broom out? Get the broom out. I man. think it's coming. And the dustpan. Now, back, in, <laughs> back into the UFC, then the, the, the fighters are not making that money like expected, unless you are the big-time names. But mm-hmm. that's just like boxing. Yeah. I mean, you don't see a guy like Santa Cruz getting paid big-time money. Even mm-hmm. though we as boxing fans know who Santa Cruz is, he ain't making a rack of dollars. He's not putting up pay-per-view buys and things like that nature. It's kind of like uh, what Jay-Z said in the song, who's moving units, only him, uh, Nelly, and uh, Ibadip. It was one oh, of the yeah. songs, you know. Yeah, so yeah that must like, have been a Jay-Z record like 15 years ago. That's But that's the point. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm just breaking down examples. These guys not making that kind of money. So when you look at, these guys now in UFC and they like, well, dang, we got some stars that make that kind of money. Mm-hmm. It's kind of close to what boxing is doing. I mean, I, I think they mirror their whole pay-per-view setup and things just like boxing. Mm-hmm. When you have that, that main event or those cold main events and you say, yo, let's drag it out. They'll have like eight undercard fights. Mm-hmm. Put them out there at 8 o'clock and, and then you run it all the way up till 12 and then you see your big time fights. The big time names that people know that you know the common guy would know. So mm-hmm. those those kind of things always roll into play for them. But with UFC though, I think one thing that um, they might have have trouble with, and that's it. Kind of Dana 
And I know we said we talked about Dana not being the top top guy in in the um, hierarchy of the organization for the UFC, mm-hmm. but from the beginning, the UFC kind of has felt kind of like a mix between professional wrestling and boxing to produce mm-hmm. this event. I mean, you got some guys that are characters. I mean, you've actually had you know WWF guys <laughs> come to like we talked about Brock Lesnar, um, actually come over. It always seemed to me like a mix. Didn't another and, one just come over to Well, CM Punk. Yeah, yeah Phil, CM Punk. Phil, right. Phil Brooks, I'm sorry. I can't yeah, call Phil him Brooks. Oh, oh. CM Punk on the UFC side. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. CM Punk, mm-hmm. is in the UFC now. They have, to, they have to nail, if they ever want to get big or bigger than what they are now, I think they have to nail down how to really make those guys household names. Because... Mm-hmm. Every, you can say what you want about boxing. Everybody knows Floyd Mayweather, and everybody knows Manny Pacquiao. You might not know anybody else, but people who know nothing about boxing know those guys. Mm-hmm. Now, the closest thing that they have to it, it ain't Bones Jones. It's Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah. So and yeah, I, everybody loved Ronda. Yeah, everybody loved Ronda. Yeah, I was uh, they, I was uh, reading a story the uh, other day at work and. Uh, they were talking about Ronda Rosie uh, fighting the uh, transgender. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, man. And she God. she came out and said the transgender is she got an unfair advantage, but she'll still beat her ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, she I was watching it. I was watching the I was watching the, uh, <laughs> the girls fight, and I'm like, I seen a fight, and I'm like, all right, she looked like she can get handled, like you know, because mm-hmm. I thought she was gonna be like more manly, but she is like feminine, but. The way she knocked the, the girl out, I'm like, ah, you know, he's a man. Like, yeah, right. like, he's ah. still a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole nut, thing in a nutshell. Yeah. He's still a damn man. Speaking of boxing, real quick, not to stay away from that. Not to really, <laughs> not to really avoid it because we do throw it all out here on the Inner Circle Sports Talk Radio Show. Mm-hmm. We had a super middleweight title defense last night for the IBF 168 pound belt. Two Olympic guys, Anthony DeGaulle and Andre Durrell. Went to a war, two Olympic champions. They went at it. I thought my man Andre Durrell was going to handle some business. If you don't know who Andre Durrell is, he was the up-and-coming mm-hmm. young fighter that was in the Super 6 along with one of the great super middleweights, mm-hmm. um, Andre Ward. He was in the Super 6 boxing tournament a few years ago. He, got, he was beating Arthur Abraham, another prominent super middleweight champion. Arthur was, Abraham knocked him out while he was on his ground, on oh. the knees. And he wasn't even knocked down. He had slipped. The ref went to pause it. Arthur Abraham was frustrated because he was getting beat, hit him, basically concussed him. And he hasn't been the same fighter since. He's kind of came on a comeback trail. Mm-hmm. He went to this fight for a vacant title, showed up with a dub, gave up. He got knocked down twice in this fight. Mm-hmm. He got basically outboxed, outclassed. Anthony DeGal, you're another European fighter. I'm Me personally, I'm loving boxing. I love all kind of fights in boxing, but I was so pissed that American fighters are not really stepping up to the goal like these, uh, you know, European fighters are, mm-hmm. and and it's it's starting to really show an effect, and that's why I think the boxing is actually dwindling here in the states compared mm-hmm. to what it is over across seas, and it's it's frustrating. What what reason do you think it's dwindling again? I think it's dwindling because the fighters here in America are just not the same. It's like they're why? not built the same. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I just don't know. Like it's a couple things, in my opinion. Give them to me. First of all, money. Um, mm. Well, I, you know, you know, I like to dig a little deeper. 
when you got arguably, uh, I'll put it to you this way. If Michael Jordan came out today and says, you know what, I have I have a, a disease that's um, really going to take a hold of me over the next five or ten years of my life, and the next time you saw Michael Jordan, he couldn't speak and, and he had the shakes, how many people are going to let their son play basketball? You see what I'm saying? I mean, that's when Muhammad, I, I think I think we're seeing the trickle down from Muhammad Ali in the 80s and how he became one of the most vocal sportsmen of all time mm-hmm. to someone who really doesn't speak or even have too many public appearances anymore. You're seeing a trickle down effect to that. Um, it, it, and, and that kind of opened the door to a lot of um, concussion issues that boxing had. Also, the youth programs. I mean, they're youth programs for every sport. Soccer, mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. soccer. You know, it, it might be one for kickball. I don't know. But <laughs> in boxing, I know that um, there are some uh, Baltimore boxing gyms that provide um, um, activities for um, youth. But I don't know how organized the, um, the, the youth leagues are. I know they're golden gloves and things of that nature. But I'm talking about, you know, I know in the South, I mean, these kids are playing football at four or five years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and 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 the SEC is the the dominant conference in college football by far. So it, it starts at the roots. Starts at the roots. And I mean, it, boxing. No matter what the perception is of it overseas in Europe, man, it, it's still uh, ranked supreme. That's why Klitschko has been the champ for uh, ten years, and he had, he had, and made millions. They're filling up soccer mm-hmm. stadiums over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm. Well, with all that being said, that's why they. They pretty much go away from what I, you know, looked at in boxing. The only thing I think that can salvage boxing is the premier boxing champions. Uh, yeah, that comes on TV. It's coming on, on Saturday. TV. ESPN is starting to get that. I'm kind of reading a little uh, topic as we speak about uh, the death of uh, Friday Night Fights. I believe that uh, Friday Night Fights will no longer be shown on ESPN. And because of that is because of the premier boxing champions. Yeah, that's right. Getting ready to start mm-hmm. taking yeah, out. I was watching the last uh, telecast the other night. And Friday Night Fights has had a good run, but it's not like it's the end of boxing on ESPN, right? Right, because mm-hmm. they've got the premier yeah. boxing champions. Now, now, maybe it probably it probably is going to be the end of that team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Premier Boxing has Teddy its own Atlas team. And all of them, yeah, yeah you, you know, Teddy Atlas is going to resurface somewhere mm-hmm. because right now, now that we've lost Burt Sugar and Emmanuel Stewart, he's the, he's the Teddy Atlas. Is, yeah, he he mm-hmm. he, and, and I've always respected Teddy Atlas, and he, I've I've learned a lot from him um, as far as you know with his commentary over the years. Um, but he he's one of those guys that's definitely going to reemerge. He's probably the ambassador, mm-hmm. um, non-fighter, um, for boxing right now. So maybe it, it, it was the end of Friday Night Fights. We've all. You know, watch Friday Night Fights. Everybody, over the years. everybody on, on this panel fights. knows about Friday Night Fights. But let's 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 break it down to some real talk, real quick. You could be watching a fight drunk at eleven o'clock at night, <laughs> watching Friday Night Fights, and, right who, and who would be in the ring drunk? Your boy Emmanuel Burt Augustus. Yeah. Everybody used to die laughing watching Friday Night Fights. Yo, that's what I remember about Friday Night Fights with the big. ESPN two circle and yeah. you like wow watching Friday night fights man that that used to be the truth y'all laughing but you know I'm telling the truth yeah yeah no you I'm are. telling the you truth are. man and if you didn't if you never caught that then you know you ain't channel surfing at least because I used to <laughs> used to watch Friday night fights man Look, I'm dying laughing right man, now you because that's Augustus. because that's exactly how I st- uh, I started watching that last episode Friday night right uh, nobody really 
Now, every once in a while, they'll, I mean, once be in a while. up because you that, might see a fighter that you know yeah, might be coming on right, or something Somebody like that, that you might have right. heard about or, you know, since we're we next level boxing fans, you may, we probably tune in more than most. But mm-hmm. nine times out of ten on a Friday night, you don't have anything going on socially. You know, you've been on you've been on social media all day. Mm-hmm. You know, you might sit down, channel surf with a, with a frosty beverage on your lap. I might as well watch Friday time, Night Fights, yeah, and then you <laughs> and then you wind up w- w- watching the Fight of the Year on yeah, Friday Night yeah. Fights. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? You used to watch some wars on there, yeah, man. Yeah, and and yeah. nine times out of ten, if they had twenty two shows for that year. Mm-hmm. 11 of them shows had my boy Emmanuel Burton Augustus. <laughs> we only seen Emmanuel Burton Augustus one time on HBO. I've yeah. only seen him one time on HBO with a yeah. fight. And I said, how the hell did this guy wind up getting off of ESPN? It's because he became a household name. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, he, he could have been like, uh, what's the dude, Ricardo Mayorga, that yeah. was smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Ricardo Mayorga became HBO's punching bag dude, where it was mm-hmm. like all of the greats on HBO was like, yo. You got to fight him because he's going to give you a knockout win and give you some credibility to get you a big time fight. Mm-hmm. That's what Mayoga turned into after <laughs> he got beat. After he beat uh your your boy, rest in, rest in peace, Vernon Forrest. Yeah. After oh, yeah, he beat yeah, Vernon Forrest yeah. twice, he was like, well, I'm on HBO. And then mm-hmm. they said, throw him out there. Give him to everybody. Mm-hmm. And everybody from Tito all the way down to De La Hoya, they all beat him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then yeah. you said the same thing about Emmanuel Burton Gusser. So RIP to Friday Night Fights. Mm-hmm. We're going to miss him, but Premier Boxing Champions, hopefully it can take him off and uh, do some big things. Yeah, they off to a blazing start. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. a blazing start. Yeah. I mean, good don't, party don't price. Don't sleep. Premier Boxing Champions get ready to come back soon. Adrian yeah. the Problem Broner going up against Sean Porter. Uh, uh, Mayor Khan and Mayor Khan, Khan, yeah. And he's also on that same Keith card. Thurman's coming Keith up. Thurman's coming yeah. on ESPN. It's some good young fighters. And if y'all want to get used to boxing, young don't, fighters. don't forget Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Everybody tuning in, tune in. Check it out because boxing has been. It's a, starting a, to grow, baby. It, is, it, it has been a mainstay in, in American sports also, don't for forget. a long time. And they're really bringing it back. They're really bring, putting out a good product now. Mm-hmm. You know, not. I mean, you're not. And, and it's free. You don't have to worry about paying money and watching a All bum right. fight. They're putting these guys on TV for a reason because they want you back. Mm-hmm. They're putting on guys that are willing to fight. Mm-hmm. They're putting major league. Look, when we when we were downtown, um, we were by, when we were by Camden Yards watching that fight. We were watching Keith Thurman and Guerrero. Yeah, Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, he was down at uh, Slaughter's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Down there they, watching that fight. They come out with Marv Albert, mm-hmm. Al Michaels coming out mm-hmm. with the glistening Sugar Ray, and everything. Yeah, yeah Sugar Ray like, Lennon as as the uh, the, the sideline reporter, if you will. And I think that will. was the first filler for ESPN. I really do yeah. because that. That one was on NBC. And yeah. Thurman and those right. two were two prominent young boxers that were coming up. They had their best guys, Marv Albert, Sugar Ray Leonard. And then they said, well, let's go ahead. Now we got a, a filter for ESPN. And, e- and ESPN mm-hmm. is going to put their best guys because mm-hmm. they've already seen what, what has happened so far. And, the you know, the, the, the teams that have been broadcasting these shows. So they're going to put their best foot forward. And like I said, they, they really want you back. So if you want some good boxing, check out some of these premier boxing championship uh, uh, fights. Only thing, only thing about this, and I wish they, I wish they had a, a little bit better control on, on this aspect of it. It's, it's a premier boxing championship series, but it's shown on like twenty different channels. Right, you well, know they got to find a home where you can see yeah. it consistent. Yeah, it's but I think like, because they dominate the the cable, they're trying to dominate cable, so they can say hmm. it's kind of like channel surfing. So if you channel surf and you say, oh damn, they on they on NBC, they on ABC, they on ESPN, they on True TV, they on Spike TV. 
every time I channel surf, I keep seeing it. It's it's seeing it and showing it. Yeah, but it's only but it's but it's not. It's only one show at a time though. So it's not like the NCAA tournament when you have something on NBC and you have something like you're always stumbling on it. Whatever whatever channel that it's on for that night, then it's on. Right. But um, like I said, it's it's coming. It's it's coming. They they bringing it all together, man. It looks good right now. Don't want nobody to forget. We are going to go live. The Inner Circle Sports Talk Radio Show is getting ready to prepare to go live, and we're going to be coming live from now on, starting on June 4th, which happens to be the opening day of the NBA Finals yeah, game. Clap one. it up on that one. Clap so it up we on will that be one. going live. Our host with the most, GD Fitz, my other host, JB Supreme, and my man, Kelvin K. We on yes, here sir. on Perspicuous Media. Big ups to Khalil DeBerry, the owner. He said, y'all got to go. So we're going to have to go. First live show. When we go consistently live, will be June 4th. You know, Khalil probably said it just like that, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he probably did say it just like that. He's like, y'all got to go? Go do it. <laughs> but real quick, MLB got a lot of good young stars. This is my last topic for tonight. Good young stars coming up in Major League Baseball. Guys like Mike Trout at 23 with the Los Angeles Angels already won the MVP. Bryce Harper, looking like he's on his way to the MVP at 22 years old. Giancarlo Stanton, 25 years old. He's hitting home runs and getting paid like he's been in the league for 10, 15 years already. And I even got to throw in my Baltimore guy, Manny Machado. Yeah, I didn't know he was that young. 22, man. A baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just becoming able to drink last year yeah. <laughs> legally. In my 22. opinion, the best infielder in, in baseball. baseball, in my opinion. And he's mm. been in the league, and they've all been in the league at least three years. Mm. Do you think the trend of these young up-and-coming guys are going to be the consistent norm where you can say you're 18, you don't need to develop in the minors anymore. You're 18, you can come on up and become an instant star in Major League Baseball. Do you think this is the trend going forward in Major League Baseball? I kind of think it's always been the trend. Yeah, it was about the, yeah. I think yeah, and, and baseball. I mean, hell, Mickey Mantle in the fifties. Mickey came up, you know, not even twenty years old. The kid, That's yeah. And, and, and another another kid, uh, Griffey in what eighty eight, eighty nine. Everybody started buying the shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Griffey. Griffey came up when when he was young. Elite talent always emerges to the top in baseball. A Rod, A Rod came up when he yeah. was whoa, young. Whoa, whoa. A Rod was doing them roids, baby. I don't care how they said it. Well, A Rod was doing them roids. With, 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 you he was know, juicing. He, yeah, he might have been juicing them, but he still came up when he was young. So, man, if he been if he been juicing that long, he about to grow like a third arm out of his neck or something. <laughs> <laughs> but look, talking about these young guys, man, I've just been getting entertained from John Carlo in these massive home runs that he's been hitting the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah, killing uh, massive home runs to fit a massive contract, man. <laughs> look, not look, not to get off topic of, of what we're talking about, but man, is there any way that he can live up to this contract? No, I, I think there's no way that he can live up to this around, contract. Man. Well, yeah, that's that's always the case, man. But but look, right now, and it's funny because we, as soon as we started talking about Giancarlo a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I, I I mean, it was like bam, 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 bam. 475 home, foot home runs every game. I mean, when he hit the home run out of Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium, I was like, yeah. good God almighty. <laughs> yeah. Like, this kid rocked the ball. I mean, and mm-hmm. if you look at it last year, I honestly thought he would have won the MVP if he didn't break his jaw the last yes. at the early part yeah. of the year. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, yo, yeah. this kid is rolling, man. Yo, that's what I was trying to tell you, man. To me, 
I, I really think that Giancarlo could be the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already ranking, you know, in RBIs and homers already right now. Yeah. Well, we on, we can ready to go on out in a circle sports talk radio show. Your host with the most, GD Fitz. My man, JB Supreme. Supreme. Yes, sir. My homeboy, Kelvin K. We out here in the building. We got my producer in the background. Get ready to turn me up. Don't forget, gotta run out of we here. got we got June coming up too. Powers get ready to come back on. Booyah. You know, it's a big rich town out here. That's what 50 say. That's what I'm going to leave y'all with tonight. I'm going to play this all the way out. See y'all later. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life. I got to make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta I never it. took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises I live, I learn I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers It's hard to get a start in these parts without paper Homie, I grew up in hell A block away from heaven That corner ain't 15 minutes and move a seven Pure snow Bag it, then watch it go Occupational options Get some blow up some hoes Shoot the ball of the strap Learn the rap or the jack Fuck it, man In the meantime Go ahead and pump a pack This my regal royal flow My James Bond bounce That 007 That 62 on my count I'm an undercover liar I lie under the covers Look a bitch in the eyes And tell her, baby, I love it You're my inspiration You're my motivation You're the reason that I'm moving With no hesitation this is a big rich town Yeah I just come from the poet's part Bright like city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down oh, yeah. yeah, I just happen to come up hard Illegal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it I gotta hustle through the hustle and bustle I make a move, maneuver around the rats and wolves I'm from the school a hard knock, shots pop, bodies drop, graveyard, pick a block, cause niggas want your spots. I'm tryna stack shit, then I go legit. Hollow tips, stuff them in the clip, case niggas trip. My cocaine endeavors, give me corporate ties. I'm supposed to lose, watch me win against the odds. All I got is my word balls and my instinct, I'm tryna make it. We already made it, my friends think. We already on top, I got a bigger plan. No more controlled substances or hand to hand. White collar visions, game changing mission. Big risk, big wins, equal bigger living. Perfect position, watch me transition from caterpillar to butterfly they say in the this sky. This is a big rich town. <laughs> yeah. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life, I gotta make it. This is when it goes down. Yeah. I just happen to come upon. Illegal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.